Welcome to the podcast of Imago Day Community Eastside Gathering. Join us in this Sunday service as we look to the scriptures, seeking to be transformed into the image of Christ. Because um, as we were singing it, like it's so evident that God's breath is in your lungs, bro. Like when you come up here, you bring life. And I was I was struggling this morning, man. I'm like, bro, I got smacked by daylight savings. Um, I was up late uh, finishing up these notes for this morning, and then I forgot that at 2 a.m. the clock switches, so I went to sleep, and then woke up this morning like, good morning, Hakeem, so thanks for just being a ball of life, man. So let's let's pray. Um, Father God, thank you for this morning. Just pray that I would get out the way. Just have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So I started following Jesus when I was like 16, 17 years old. And I don't come from a Christian background whatsoever. I come from a black extremist um, Islamic cult. And I started following Jesus when I was 16, 17. And early on, one of my uh, heavy spiritual influences was my step-grandfather. He was the first person to talk to me about Jesus. I was like 12. And, you know, for four or five years, I'm thinking like, yeah, like I'm Christian, cool. Um, but it really kicked off when I when I was about 16, 17. And I watched, I watched God, like, give him words of knowledge to people. And I remember sitting there like, yo, what kind of magic is that? How do you know about that person? And you don't know them from Adam. And, and I asked myself, bro, like, what is that? He said, I'm, I'm hearing from God, um, and I'm just speaking what he's telling me. So I said, yo, I want, I want that. Like, I want to be able to know about people that I don't know. I want to know all their business. <laughs> Such a bad motive. Um, but I was like, yo, I want that. I want to hear from God. And so I said, I said, how do you do it? And all he said was read the scriptures. I was like, no, no, no I don't think you understand what I'm asking. Like, I need, I need to know how do I hear from God like the way that you do. I said, read the scriptures. So I'm like, how, how can you hear from God reading words off a page? These words were, were, were said thousands of years ago. Like, how am I going to hear I want to hear audibly what's going on. So I took him up on his advice and said, all right, bro, like, I'll read it. And sure enough, the word of God unveiled my eyes, unplugged my ears to the reality of God's voice. And my God, am I thankful for Pop T's advice, for pointing me to the very God, the words that, that God has spoken. And we've been in this series the past couple weeks of hearing the voice of God. And today we're going to focus on hearing his voice to the word of God. But before we dive deep into it, we got a little deconstruction to do. It's one of my favorite things to do. Woo! <laughs> we got a little bit of deconstruction to do. The Bible is not a self-help book. Let me say it again. The, the Bible is not a self-help book. You, the, the point of going to the scriptures is not to hear God tell you how to be wealthy, healthy, prosperous, successful, popular, or whatever we want to hear from God in order to get our own self-benefit. That's not the point. We often insert ourselves into Scripture because we really want to hear our own voice. We pick and choose what God has said in order for us to get some type of self-benefit. And let me say this as clear as I can. The Bible is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. Guys, we're so quick to make ourselves David and, and our issues Goliath. I'm throwing stuff. If that's the case, you miss every time. 
We're so quick to make ourselves the heroes in the story. When in reality, we are the Israelites that are going like, oh my God, he's going to kill us. We have natural ears for messages that feed our individualistic, consumeristic, and selfish hearts. And this ain't one of them. On the flip side, we in America have had, and we still have, a church culture that worships the Bible. The Bible is authoritative, inspired, all of that, but it's not God. So don't worship it. Now, are we on the same page? Okay, well then we actually gonna get to the scripture. So Hebrews one, <laughs> um, Hebrews one verses one through four, it says, "Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom He has created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power." After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty and on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So the phrase word of God refers to one of two things. And the author of Hebrews speaks to both meanings in these open verses of, of this letter. And the first is alluded to in verse one, where God spoke to his people directly through the prophets of old and thousands of years removed from that. From those occurrences, we have a written record of what God has spoken, which is the Bible. That is a gift. And those words have he, he has spoken through the prophets are alive and well today. Isaiah 46 through 8 says this. Um, we're going to do a lot of jumping around, so bear with me. A voice cries. No, a voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. It's pretty self-explanatory. What a gift from God. He has allowed us to still hear, hear his words, his voice that never passes away. This is why us Christians in 2018 can still hear from God in his word that he spoke thousands of years ago. Don't dare think this is irrelevant. In his word, he has spoken in the past, to the present, and into the future. This is how we got Genesis to Revelation. The word of God transcends all time, all cultures, all modernity, all of it. We live in a society that wants to be post-Bible. And even some in the church believe the scriptures are irrelevant now. But for one, that's impossible. Because it says that his words never pass away. And for two, how dare we say, oh, we still want to hear from God, but totally disregard the scriptures. That's pretty ironic, I would say. I want to hear. I want to hear God's voice. I want nothing. No, I'm not reading that Bible though. We we have this 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 statement now of like, oh, we just need to follow the Spirit, be led by the Spirit. It's like, okay, cool, but like God works through the Spirit and His Word. There's no other text that has endured through history like the Scriptures because of whose word it is. 
Without God's ownership, the Bible would just be a mass collection of written words by old dead dudes. There's plenty of things out there written by old guys. Like, I don't want to read that stuff. Right? No offense to them. I just don't care. Right? But it's because it is God's word that the scriptures live and breathe. His words are life. God still speaks to his people through his written word. And he has granted us a tangible recorded revelation of himself. He has allowed us into some of his thoughts, feelings, plans, and wisdom. He has revealed parts of his nature and character. If you want to know what God is like, um, you can read Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7. He like proclaims. He gives a self-disclosure of himself. It's the most quoted verse in the Bible by the Bible. Like, I promise you, it'll blow your mind. It talks about how gracious he is, how mercifully. He explains himself. Where else are you going to find that? Not in no history books about George Washington. Not in no history books about this nation or that nation. Not anything about any other God that there is, right? He himself explains himself. The creator, the one true God. Now, if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. If we want to hear what he is like, what he has done, and about his plans for his creation, he says it in his scriptures. Now, he hasn't revealed everything to us, but just enough so that we can know him. That's the point. Knowing God is the point of the scriptures. If you don't get that, you miss it. It's like reading a biographical book of Martin Luther King Jr., and all you get is marching. How stupid is that sound? Right? If you get marching, then that's all you missed the whole point of the story. You're telling me you read the life of Martin Luther King Jr., and what you took away from it was marching. <laughs> we do the same thing with scriptures. It's about knowing him. We get to know who the Bible is about. It's about him. Does this make sense? All right. Y'all with me? All right, cool. So back to Hebrews 1. So it, it says that God spoke to his people through his prophets, but his voice did not cease in the Old Testament days. There were 400 years of silence from God to Israel and after the last prophet. Right. And then after that time, the voice of God returns. This is when I get jazzed right here. The writer of Hebrews states that God has now spoken to us through his son. Here's really my main point of all I'm going to say if you're going to get anything. Our question is, how do we hear God's voice? Jesus. He is the other meaning of the word of God. He is the living word of God. Jesus didn't just bring the message. He is the message of God. If the written word was all that we needed, then there would be no need for Jesus. But Jesus is the embodiment of the scriptures. In fact, it's all about him. Look at John 5, verse 39. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. That's a pretty bold statement. This is the type of stuff that got them killed. You're telling me the scriptures are about you, Jesus? He's like, yeah. That's what I just said. The written word directs us to Jesus. He is the fulfillment of all that God has spoken. He is the word of God wrapped in flesh. 
We seek to hear God's thoughts, feelings, plans, character, and wisdom. We can look directly to Jesus because he is the verbal expression of God. He is God's communication to humanity. You want to hear God's voice on justice? It's Jesus. You want to know what the justice of God looks like? It looks like the cross. You want to know the, the love of God? You want to know about God's love? It's Jesus. He's communicated his love on full blast for the world to see. You want to know how God feels about how we treat each other? Look at Jesus. Look at how he operated. He, he operated in a way that says Samaritan lives matter, female lives matter, poor lives matter, disabled lives matter, diseased lives matter, children lives matter. He made all these political statements. This is how we treat each other. So when we read the scripture and see Jesus' life, teachings, death, and resurrection, we are here in the very heart, mind, and will of God. He is the God of the Old Testament who spoke through the prophets of old, stating that his words will never pass away in Isaiah 40. And he says it again in Matthew 24, uh, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And I hate using like one verse stuff to like prove a point, but you get it. His words will never pass away, period. Jesus walked on the earth 2,000 years ago, and his words still echo to us today. Stuff like, love your neighbor. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Become like children. Pray for those who persecute you. I have overcome the world. It is finished. These are words that have echoed through the centuries and they still are heard through our spiritual and discerning hearts. Let's look at First Peter. I promise this is the last one. Okay. Um, it says, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God, for all flesh is like grass and all is glory, like the, fl the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. What does that sound like? That's a direct quote of Isaiah 40, 6-8. We just read that. So Peter's making a bold statement. He's saying that the everlasting word of God is the gospel that was preached to believers. And he's saying Isaiah 40's mention of the never fading word is really about the gospel. Now who's the gospel all about? Jesus! Who is the good news? Jesus. So he's saying Jesus is that. This is it. He's it. He's the point. How, how much? I don't have to explain these verses. How, how clear and concise is that? Jesus is the point. He is the everlasting word. I don't know if I can make it any more clear. So I'm not gonna say anything. Um, there's there's three kind of takeaways I wanna I wanna leave with you um, as we continue to see God's voice and what that looks like. So number one, I, I advise you read and dive deep into the scriptures. Take Pop T's advice and read them. 
you won't regret it. I mean, numbers is a little rough to get through, but man, it's a rough book. Um, I've been I've been on it since since I took that advice. It's been five and a half, five years just about of just reading through scripture. So I'm going through Genesis to Revelation. It's been a five year process, and I'm only in First Timothy. If my God have I seen God speak in crazy ways, but numbers though that was I was like this allotment of do and uh, anyway, you get the point. So when we read the word, everything changes when we understand it through the lens of Jesus. The fall of man shifts a little bit when we see that Jesus is the seed that will come to but sin back up on a tree. You understand what I'm saying? You read Genesis 3, they take the fruit off the tree. Sin enters the world. Jesus says, no, I'm going to put it back on the tree. That was fire. I think that it wasn't for me, though, so don't give me that. Um, Dang, that was lit. Okay. uh, The promise to Abraham shifts a little when we see that Abraham being the father of many nations isn't just about a biological bloodline, but it's that through Jesus, people from all nations can be integrated into the family of God. White, black, Asian, Latino, uh, Pacific Islander, Middle Eastern, I'm probably missing a few. All of that. All nations. When we stand before the throne, everybody is going to be there. When we get into the new creation, everybody is going to be there. People from all types of backgrounds. People that you go, hold on, wait, you made it in? Like, we all do it. Come on. That's the reality that we're walking into. The 12 tribes of Israel shift a little bit when we see that Jesus chooses 12 disciples to give a rebirthing to his people. Jesus is the lens that makes the text come alive. Number two, God speaks to us by his son, who is the fulfillment of the written word. God has communicated his heart behind the law, the Torah, in his son. Jesus abided by, he lived by, he executed it perfectly, but he also revealed the whole intention behind the law, which is to love God and love others. God has communicated his heart behind the prophets and his son. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the suffering servant. He is the one who makes dry bones come to life. Everybody in here was a bunch of skeletons. And Jesus said, renewed, rejuvenated, all of it. This is why we're here. That song that we just sung, it's because we have God's breath in our lungs. He has, He can repossess it at any moment, but he still grants it this morning. What kind of craziness is that? He got life, y'all. I keep telling you. <laughs> God has communicated through even the New Testament that it's all about his son. He is the apex of scripture. Okay, real quick. If you if you think about the transfiguration, one of my favorite stories, you read it like Matthew 17. Um, you got Jesus, he takes James, Peter, and John up on a high mountain, and he's like, I'm about to show you some things. And he gets transfigured, face shows like glory. His prior glory is is is, is on display right now. And then Moses and, and Elijah, the prophet Elijah, pop up. 
And those three are having a conversation, and Peter, James, and John are looking like, yo. So Peter's like, should I, like, make a tent for each of you? Like, I want to make sure, should I even be here? Should we be here? And, and in the middle of his words, the father comes down, surrounds in a cloud, and he says, this is my son in whom I am well. Please listen to him. Not Moses. Not Elijah. Listen to him. And then Peter and James, their natural response is like, oh, my God, he's going to kill us. So they bow down, and all of a sudden, Jesus comes up. He's like, hey, get up. Like, don't be scared. And all they see is Jesus. He is the point of the law and the prophets. He is it. Listen to him. You want to know how to hear God's voice? It's him. Does that make sense? Okay, I promise I'm almost done. Number three. And final, it says, God works through his spirit and word. God has sent his spirit to guide us, teach us, and empower us. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us spiritual ears to hear. He has given us the vibranium. I had to do it, guys. Come on. Oh. That we need for life to be transformed. What kind of forever, right? But God also works through his written and living word. And he speaks now. He speaks through visions, dreams, prayer, creation, other people. The vast majority, right? And his word is living and breathing because Jesus is living and breathing. Jesus is back from the dead. Woo! God, okay. Our faith is too ridiculous, like, for it to be made up. Ever think about our story? I've said this before, but like the infinite God became a finite being, lived a perfect life, did great things, and then they killed him for doing the great things. You don't kill the guy that can heal all your diseases. Keep that guy around, right? And they kill him. And he comes back to life. So he's like a holy zombie, right? And he floats in the sky. And he's coming back on a white horse. And we go, yeah, like that's what we believe. That's too ridiculous to be false, right? But the fact that he came back to life, it's too ridiculous to be false. You're telling me Jesus is back from the dead. He's sitting, we, we ignore the ascension, ascension, but it's a big deal. I learned this in my theology cohort, JB. But like, the ascension is a big deal. He ascends above all earth. He sits at the right hand of God because he's king above kings. He's Lord above lords. Where else are you going to sit above everything? And he's coming back. He is the voice of God, and his words are life. His words heal. His words give sight to the blind. His words feed sound to deaf ears. They cause the lame to walk. They raise the dead. They advocate for the vulnerable, and the list goes on. To seek the voice of God is to seek Jesus. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Um, Father God, I just, I pray that we would continue to seek your voice through your scriptures, through your son, most importantly, your son. 
and we actively walk in a relationship with him, that we actively learn that we need to listen to him. You've made that very clear. For those of us who struggle to read the scriptures, give us understanding on what you meant. But help us to keep the lens that it's about Jesus. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray that God will use this message to strengthen your faith and draw you into a deeper relationship with himself. If you're interested in hearing other sermons or want more information about the church, please visit our website at idceastside.com. Thanks for listening.